Welcome to Go Talks, a new series from Equifax, where we dive into the trends and insights of today that direct the decisions of tomorrow. I'm Kevin James, General Manager of Consulting at Equifax, and joining me is the Lead Partner and Chief Strategy Officer for Risk at Deloitte, Rita Gatt. Rita, what are you seeing in the market today? Thanks for having me. Um, always excited to talk about data and risk, um, my two favourite topics. Um, so we're, we're seeing a lot in the market, uh, a lot of disruption, um, but also a lot of um, positive signs where people are taking the opportunity and our clients are taking the opportunity to potentially use some of this disruption to look at things differently. Uh, and I think it's really positive in terms of use of data and the way that we assess and manage risk Um, It's a a very interesting time to be working in those fields. And with the stimulus packages, we've seen people, you know, earning potentially more money. We've we've seen people that have been impacted. And we've seen people where their lifestyles have changed and the expectations and changes in their priorities have moved. Is there a way that you are working with your clients to try and identify where those pockets are, where people have been impacted and others that have done better? Yeah, definitely. And it's another interesting point around the stimulus package and what it's done for individuals. There's such um, a difference between, you know, uh, different ends of the market and different types of clients and customers and those who have really in some cases um, had a stimulus that's allowed them to spend potentially in some cases on more luxury items but also realistically it's actually increased um, those who are potentially almost below the poverty line being able to focus more on essential items they wouldn't have had the opportunity to be able to spend on before. Um, So it's a real mix and working with clients to really understand the difference between those uh, the different predictors about who falls into those categories and what that means next. Um, that's where we're really focusing some of our um, efforts at the moment. And, and we're seeing a, a full change in the dynamics. And so if we look in the auto market, we are seeing you know, recreational vehicles going up and people are having holidays here. We're, we're seeing people work from home and we're seeing a real vary, variation in today's markets. Do you, do you see where you know people are now starting to change their behaviour in terms of products? And so you know when we we look at the initial COVID support, we we, we saw circa ten percent of the market asking for support, and very quickly we've seen that reduce. Um, and we're seeing that starting to tick up a little bit now, and where people are now starting to prioritise the products that they pay. And so you know. If, if, if we look from a historical point of view, the mortgage was probably the more secure one and people paid that mortgage. And we, we're actually seeing that starting to change now where credit cards, day-to-day living has changed, people working from home, et cetera. Yeah, we're working through those trends at the moment and understanding where they're sitting. And I, um, I think there's, again, lots of different things happening at the moment that are driving particular behaviours in terms of the priorities of spend, um, in terms of paying off, you know, whether it be credit cards, loans, mortgages, um, but also what's ahead. And if we look at things like the um, mortgage packages at the moment, and so the reduction in deposits required for first home buyers um, and the behaviours that's driving, um, and the changes potentially to that ahead, as well as the um, you know job seeker payments um, and job pe- uh, keeper payments coming off, 
we are working with clients on what they're seeing at the moment. Um, and definitely, as, as you've said, there's a change in the prioritisation in what people are spending on. Uh, but it's about understanding where do we think that that's likely to move with all the changes that are actually ahead as well. And getting that balance right between the two is going to be very important for um, most of our clients um, in order to make good decisions about customers in the future. And it just added to that, you know, as we see the states closing and opening and, and, and shifting around, do you think that there's going to be you know, a priority, you know, for the lenders now to start looking at a state level and trying to identify deeper, you know, rather than just at a product level? Uh, 100%. So I think it's not just at the state level, though. I think if you think about, um, you know, Melbourne's a great example of the different pockets that we've had that have gone through different series of lockdowns at different times, concentration of different occupations in particular suburbs um, where they're residing. There are so many different levels and factors to do with location that also then can be complemented um, by understanding other factors. Um, as I said, you know, uh, you know, employment, industry, etc. I think the combination of those has become more important than ever. And, you know, when we, when we look at it, you know, there was there was 10%. We saw that dramatically reduced. We saw high interest rate debt being paid off and we saw, you know, support packages coming through. Um, we're seeing that starting to tick up, as I said. Um, and do you think, you know, it's, it's now going to be the, the challenge when we look at it at a portfolio level on what that rehabilitation may look like for people that did have support before and trying to identify the willingness to pay versus the ability to pay and the priorities of those products. Um, what we're seeing, and it comes back to, um, I, I'm not sure who actually said this. There was a quote I read the other day. Um, you know, I think a lot of people have said, have said that, you know, everyone's in the same boat in terms of dealing with COVID. But actually, we're not all in the same boat. We're weathering the same storm. And we all have different vehicles to survive, basically, or to get through it. And the thing that we're thinking about when we're working with clients on alternate data is not just the different uh, sources that you need to be looking at, but the different time series you need to be looking at. What was someone behaving like pre-COVID? What happened during COVID in terms of negative disruption, but to your point before as well, support and support mechanisms? And so what were the behaviours like then? What are the different data sets that you can be using to understand more about those two different time sets? What does volatility potentially look like over the next 12 months? Because we're not, it's not post-COVID. We're still actually weathering the storm. There's some ups and downs still ahead and understanding how we've responded before is really important and, and having data around that. Um, but also forecasts, macro, macroeconomic indicators in terms of where we think things are going in 12, 24 months. So there's such a variety of data sets out there, um, but also the time period in which you're analysing and access to data over those that series of time has become increasingly important as well. And I think as we look into the future and we look into 22 and we look into 23 and try and identify what that good customer looks like, you know, historically we've used the past to predict the future. And, you know, I think, you know, the nimbleness and frictionless processes of tomorrow are going to need to be adjusted and, and remain nimble. Are you working from a uh, process point of view on how, how we become more nimble and how we can change policies uh, and move quicker to respond to these changes? We're looking at that um, and we're also in, in combination with that looking at uh, the technology and data side of things. So I think before, even before COVID, there was definitely an appetite um, with m most of our clients in financial services in particular 
to look at different ways to actually um, use technology to speed up processes end-to-end in general, speed them up for the customer, speed them up internally, whilst also still providing the same quality outcome for themselves and for the customer. COVID's really accelerated a lot of that. You know, the days of, um, I remember a a long time ago in a particular role that I had, you could potentially still be using a a credit risk um, model that you built in the scorecard from 10 years ago and and look at it and it still would have a, a great predictiveness Uh, That's just not the case anymore and and post-COVID it can't be the case that you're sitting on a scorecard from eight, ten years ago. You need to actually be quite agile in the actual processes and to your point the policies and how quickly you can change them and change your techniques or make tweaks but you also need to understand, we're working a lot on needing to understand that environment well enough that when you do that you actually understand how it impacts the overall life cycle as well, in particular from a credit risk perspective. We're having lots of discussions in that space at the moment. And, you know, from an Equifax point of view, we're looking at comprehensive credit reporting. You know, we have rich data. We have, you know, uh, state data. We have a number of, you know, the ANZAC codes. And, and we're looking at it very deeply um, and following trends, etc. Um, and what we are doing is, is also from a trigger point of view, alert point of view, you know, making sure that from a vulnerability or a hardship, you know, people are doing the right things. And, and, and we've seen the portfolios and certainly from a delinquency point of view becoming a hell of a lot more pro- proactive than what they were in the past. Are you, are you seeing a lot of your customers starting to think that way and become a lot more proactive when it comes to hardship and vulnerability? Definitely. And... It's, it, it's such an, that, that's one of my, um, it's not my favourite topics in terms of I, I don't like the idea that there are more vulnerable people and, and, and that hardship is increasing. Um, but it is a really complex environment and you do need to be proactive. And I think that the main thing is that, from, especially from a vulnerability perspective, our clients are really shifting their mindset and you know a major client of ours was talking to me about this kind of 6 12 months ago it's not about an individual who's vulnerable anymore it's actually about all the circumstances that can make anyone vulnerable and being able to actually understand more about vulnerable customers currently but actually then working with data technology to retrospectively understand what were the actual environments that created that vulnerability are really important so that you actually can think more about your customers and the circumstances from that perspective as opposed to, which you're actually not allowed to do at the moment, individually tag customers as vulnerable. It's more about understanding proactively indicators that might, you know, seem seem that cohorts are moving that way. And as an industry, what we are seeing is that, you know, People use their own data and they use it very wisely and they use it well. But what we are seeing is it's you only know what you know in that instance. And so what we are seeing is people starting to use the comprehensive correctly and starting to identify, you know, people that are delinquent elsewhere that aren't delinquent with you. And, 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 and there's a swap set that comes with that. You know, people are delinquent somewhere else and they're not with you. And we're starting to see them use that and become a lot more proactive um, in helping customers. And, and I think... At an industry level, that makes it a lot better because everybody can share and, you know, everybody works a lot better and it's a better outcome for that vulnerable customer. Um, are, you, are you seeing it even from a, a credit point of view, people starting to think that way and, and make sure that, you know, that they are not over committing on customers that have got support somewhere else or are they still quite insular in their own data? It, it depends. <laughs> 
Um, and, it, and it depends on where each client is um, in terms of maturity. Um, I think your point before that you'd made around the, the fact that the prioritisation has changed and I think it will change again and it will continue to change and be uh, not as stable for, for a period to come. If you're not as a client getting indications regarding that dynamic where someone is actually committed elsewhere, what their liabilities are and if you're not using kind of a range of information to be able to help you with that and you've made assumptions about the order that they will prioritise things that you know that that concept that you said before, if you're going with a logic at the moment, I'll always pay my mortgage first, that's not actually, that's not as common at the moment and so knowing those patterns, knowing um, at any point in time what those hierarchies are can be really helpful to better inform decisions and make um, no, not, not, not just better decisions from a client perspective, but also for the customer at the moment. Um, very important based on everything we've uh, gone through in terms of Royal Commission and customer at the centre and conduct. Important to really have that front and centre to understand the whole person when making that decision. From a response point of view, change, change is quick, right? What we are seeing is, you know, we're seeing a lot more machine learning models being built and, you know, the regression models work for a period of time. But we're seeing a lot more machine learning coming through. We're seeing people get a lot more sophisticated in terms of using transaction data, um, you know, analysing to the extent of even picking words out of payments and, and, and looking for addiction. Uh, to get a lot more sophisticated, a lot quicker in what they're doing and become frictionless. Are you seeing that in the more sophisticated part of the industry or are you seeing some of the fintechs and what have you coming through and, and, and looking at those kind of models? I'd say both at the moment and I've been very impressed with some larger organisations and their appetite to, to take up some of these new um, techniques or newer techniques, um, but, but also working with smaller um, financial institutions and, um, and and fintechs in this space as well. Um, some of them are even going further than, you know, some of the um, techniques of, of pulling out words. We're, we're looking at, we are doing a large amount of work at the moment in the voice monitoring space, for example, and even picking up on the acoustic features of conversations that customers are having with our large clients and, and smaller clients to, to pinpoint when they might feel anxious, for example. And so it might be an indicator that they might be moving towards um, hardship, for example. Um, but definitely conversations in terms of the AIML space um, are a lot more frequent. Um, conversely, they're also frequent to make sure from a risk perspective that they are actually um, taking into account, you know, it comes back to, to, to data quite a fair bit. The data that you actually use to create some of these models is incredibly important. It's incredibly important when it comes to um, not creating additional biases in your decision making. So really a range of different work, different techniques. Um, it's really fascinating and um, seeing a, a lot of disruption in this space at the moment. And I, I guess one of the hardest things is, is to work out what is hardship you know, when we work with customers and, and to your point, you know, you're starting to use your speech to text and text then in machine learning models and, and come out with hardship models and, and, and try and identify, you know, what hardship looks like. The sophistication in what we are using data for and the alternate data sets to, you know, today versus what it was even 18 months ago has moved dramatically. And I think, you know, over the next 18 months, we, we will see that change yet again and a lot more sophistication and a lot more rules change. But 
you know, on, on that note, Rita, we're probably running a little bit out of time, but I just wanted to, you know, take the time to thank you for sharing what you are seeing in the market with us. It's certainly a very exciting time in the industry and it's very, very dynamic. So thanks for your time and thanks for joining us. No worries, thanks. And it was great to talk about risk and data. Subscribe to our channel to ensure you don't miss out on the next episode of Go Talks, when we'll be back with more trends, insights and predictions from Equifax. Remember to follow Equifax Australia on LinkedIn and check out equifax.com.au and head to the Knowledge Hub for more insights. Till next time, goodbye.